We're going on the record with AJ Fusco, a Harrison firefighter who has a not-so-expected resume in the kitchen. When you think firefighters, you may think of the heroes of our neighborhoods. What you don't really think about is who feeds all these hungry men and sometimes women in the houses. Let's go on the record with AJ Fusco, Harrison firefighter who also runs Fork and Hose's Instagram account, as well as competing on national TV cooking competitions. I got hired in 2005, so I've been on a long time. I got lucky, I got hired young. Um, you know, people always ask, oh, did you always want to be a fireman? And the answer is no. <laughs> My dad is a cop, or was a cop, but he never pushed me to get into to either that. You know, it was more or less like, you're going to go to college. Uh, family had a roofing company for so long. It was like, you don't want to do this for the rest of your life. I volunteered for a year in, in Harrison, and I took the test because a buddy of mine was going to take it, and I got lucky. You know, about a year and a half later after that, I got hired. So I've been doing that. Where where'd you get hired years. onto? In Harrison. Okay. Yeah. So that, that list is typically crazy from my understanding. So you finished pretty high up on that list. like. Yeah. So it's, you know, the way Westchester works is it's basically a Westchester County list. But these smaller departments like Harrison, um, Larchmont, Town of Maranick, they, they, they kind of go off of them. You know, Nourishell, White Plains, uh, uh, Yonkers, they have their own. So I got on the list, you know, hoping to get into Harrison just because that's where I'm from, born, you know, from, born and raised. Um, but if anybody else called me up, I was ready to jump ship and, and go because I, I fell in love with the fire service that quickly. Uh, and then I got lucky. Harrison called me up and I took the job. There's a lot of things that like people don't realize, though, about the fire department and what goes <laughs> into cooking in the kitchen at the fire department. For a room full of hungry boys. And girls sometimes. And, and girls sometimes, <laughs> correct. Uh, and with that being said, you, my brother's on the White Plains Fire Department. Okay. And there's been yeah, a few a times job. where he's like, yeah, you want to come do kitchen throwdown for the team? <laughs> like, it's like a, a guest feature spot. Like, the guys would love that. And it's a lot of pressure because he's like, well, he was trying to prep me ahead of time. He goes, well, don't, you can't fizzle out on this. Like, there's like 20 guys that we got to cook for. And uh, they're going to give you shit if you really drop the ball here. 100%. They are probably the worst food critics you could imagine. <laughs> you know, cooking in a restaurant, yeah, you're, you're going to worry about maybe overcooking somebody's steak. And then, you know, unfortunately, if it does happen, they're going to leave, probably never come back. You'll never see them again. They're not going to be with you for the next 20 plus years. You know, <laughs> there's a good chance that that meal that you screwed up, you're going to have to either redeem yourself and make it again or just throw it out of your, your, your repertoire. And, you know, the first meal, or maybe not the first, but one of the first meals I ever made, it was beer can chicken. You know, you shove yeah, the can of beer of up the chicken's ass, you put it's it classic. on the grill. Thought, this is great. It's a great presentation. There's beer involved. We don't drink on duty. I should, you know, full disclosure. I put it out on the grill. We got the guys in the kitchen. And one of the senior guys says, uh, AJ, question for you supposed to be that much smoke outside and i look outside and the grill is is ripping everything on fire so i'm like nope not supposed to be happening so i run out there i forgot to turn the middle burners off so the fat's rendering out it's dripping it catches fire now literally it's it looks like blackened chicken so i pull it off and i just took the skin off and it was actually not bad you know i caught it in time i saved the meal um but rather than say you know what i'm never gonna make that again it was almost like a mission. It's like, now I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it even better. I so, have to nail this now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. With, 
doing things like this where you kind of everyone kind of has to step up to the plate and do cooking duties at some point right like mm. there's a guy that might just do like hot dogs right. and mac and cheese <laughs> and like that's his that's his meal you you, you kind of like uh, you know if you're good at it you're gonna get I, want, I don't want to say stuck because most people that are good at cooking you enjoy, enjoy it. doing yeah, yeah. it you know uh, but if you're good at it guys get the other guys get lazy and they're like fuck it like fuck, am I can I say that can I say fuck yeah it? you know they're like you know whatever <laughs> Uh, you, you got it. So, I, you know, for the most part, I'm doing all the cooking. But some guys are good at certain things. Like, I worked with a guy who made great jambalaya. If we want a jambalaya, I'm not going to step on his toes. You know, yeah. it's like, Donnie, that's your, your, your turn, you know. So, um, that's kind of that also, that in turn, like, lead to some turf wars in the house where oh, somebody's sure like, nah, I'm going to out-jambalaya you. I'm going to show them that I, I got the real jambalaya juice Yeah, in the you house. know, firefighters, I think, by nature, are usually competitive. You know, like... To get the job, you have to be competitive, right? You know, whether it's the written part, the physical aspect of it. And then you're, you're literally, it's like, you know, it's literally family. You're with these people more than your other, your real family. So you get, it's almost like a sibling rivalry. It could be kind of, I'm, I'm an only child, but I would imagine, you know, a sibling rivalry where it's like, uh, you know, you don't make meatballs, I make the best meatballs, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Um, you can give us the meatball secret today? Do you make the best meatballs? I do. Okay. Aside from that was my, a firm <laughs> I do, by the way. And it was just always like got stabbed. I'm like sure it. we'll talk about it later, but yeah. Matt from La Rosa gave me that trick. So, uh, you can so yeah, they're definitely good. They're definitely good. But, so, uh, now, you don't just become great at cooking. Like, is there influence, though? Is obviously family meals on Sunday? Yeah. Is it sauce day or what? Yeah. Uh, gravy day, you mean? <laughs> I was about to say sauce day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm from an Italian-American household. Everything was uh, involved food at some point, you know, whether it's birthdays, funerals, uh, just get-togethers. It was a strict schedule growing up. Thursday was pasta. Friday, we went out to eat at one of two Italian restaurants in Harrison. Uh, Saturday was steak after church. Sunday was pasta again, you know, for lunch, like literally my entire life. Um, so constantly seeing my grandmother's cook, my mother cook, was definitely an influence I never was into it enough at those ages, though, to like, oh, can you show me how to make your meatballs or show me how to make your sauce or whatever? It wasn't until later, and I'm lucky my, my grandmothers lived long enough where I was kind of able to pick their brain a little bit. Um, when I got into cooking, it was around 2005, 2006, like Food Network, I think, was like starting to be a thing. You know, Mario Batali had his show and Emeril and all these guys. And it was like I just past, like post Julia Child right, yeah. exactly. world. <laughs> yeah. Which you know what? I'd I'd probably rather watch her show now yeah. than any other one. But uh that's when I was like, you know, watching that and reading cookbooks and, you know, that's kind of how I got into it, you know, early on. I mean even like uh, similar to your scenario, uh, I'm my father's Moroccan. And like Friday would be like couscous day. Right. It takes forever to make couscous. Literally, it takes forever. It's an all-day event. It's similar. Never even tried to make the real thing, man. Yeah, sure. So like, Never even bothered. Then on my mother's side, it was like German, like just straight-up American-type food, a combination of both, if you will. And like I always just got shooed out of the kitchen. Right, you're, like, you're I'm trying to see what's happening. Yeah. Like, there's science trying happening to learn. here, and I'm interested. <laughs> so like, hey, you know, that, that hurts you a little bit when you're younger, but you still have that desire to jump in the kitchen and be like, right. well, what's going on over there? What's happening? Right. How are these flavors kind of infusing? Do I get to taste the spoon? I want to taste the spoon. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, when, you know, when you're a young kid and you start nosying around the kitchen, like, my favorite thing was the fried meatball before they put it into the sauce yep. or the gravy. Oh, yeah. So my grandmother and my mother still does it. She knows. They'll set two or three aside, 
Same thing with the salad. Like, I love black olives. Not the most fancy, you know, culinary <laughs> ingredient to use, but I love them. There's nothing wrong my with olives. My grandmother would keep them all whole so that I could put them on my fingers. Like, <laughs> I literally vividly remember that, and I was able to teach my daughter that pretty early on, which is kind of cool. Did they, yeah. ever, did they ever spitefully leave out a secret ingredient so you could never match their exact recipe? No. <laughs> they, well, the thing is, like, you know, my grandmothers never wrote anything down for the most part. Right, There was, right. you know, a couple recipes like that they did, but... I remember when my mo- my grandmother was making bacala for Christmas Eve. I was like, Graham, this was like right before she passed away. I said, can you please teach me how to make this? No problem. <laughs> and it was just ingredients that, you know, granulated garlic, yeah. dried oregano, you know, and a little bit of this, pinch of that. She never wrote any of this stuff down. She might have even forgotten stuff that day. <laughs> right. I don't even know. Like, and I tried recreating it, still can't do it. Yeah, um, it's all about the process. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, her doing it for 50, 60 plus years is going to make a difference than me doing it one year. I, I ask that because my grandmother, I'm, I'm Armenian, so a lot of, we got a lot of Middle Eastern yeah. like type stuff. My grandmother makes the best chud egg, which is like the like Easter bread, basically, but right. a little sweeter than the traditional collard bread. And she makes the best one anywhere. And my mother always tried to like learn her recipe. And she's like, yeah, here's the recipe. And she'd write it down. Like, what are you writing down? You same. don't even know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, whatever. Just to keep her happy. Yeah, yeah. She'd write it down and give my mom. My mom making it was close. And I said the same. I found out my grandmother's. Well, I didn't tell her about this. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sabotage. She'd leave like one thing out. Yeah. That was like her thing. I like How it. How come this thing, recipe doesn't have any flour? Yeah. <laughs> like no one else is going to rival my, my bread. So we were talking before the other guys got here, and just because you grew up loving cooking, that's not where it ended, right? You went on to go to school after that? Yeah. Um, so 20, you know, 2016, I was just, I was in a funk in the firehouse, right? You know, like, it's a great job. It's the best job in the world. You know, you'll hear guys say that all the time. But I was just in, personally in a funk, and my wife could see that, and she was like, you know, if you weren't a farmer, what would you do, you know? I said, I'd want to cook. So do it. Like, well, you know. And in my head, I'm already like, it's not possible. How am I going to do it? I'm behind. You know, I'm older. People in the kitchen are younger. Uh, I have no experience. How am I going to go to school with the schedule I work? And she's like, let's just take a trip down to, you know, International Culinary Center, and we'll figure it out. So we went down there, and they happened to have a a night program, two nights a week. It was the longest one. It was 14 (laughs) months. Um, Talked to the guys at work. I was like, look. I need help. You know, these are the days I would need help. I had a few guys step up, and um, I was able to make it happen. You know, so that's, if it wasn't for them and, you know, my wife pushing me into it as much as she did, I probably wouldn't have gone, honestly. It was just, I didn't think it was possible because I think I had in my head what a kitchen is like and what that kitchen life is like, you know, based off of what I either saw or or, or read, you know. So I I didn't think it was possible, but obviously it was. When you're like, this argument always happens where people are like, you never work. You're like, well, I do. It's two days for 48 hours yeah, straight. Well, like, I work my wife more than gives me this, man. <laughs> I got to hear it from my wife. You know, oh, you get to go to work. You get to sleep at work. You know, a guy that he's retired now, he put it perfectly, right? We get paid. We don't get paid for what we do. We get paid for what we might have to do. So I always like to, to say that because it's like, yeah, there's, there's points in the day when you have downtime, right? You can sit down, watch the TV, 
could sleep if you don't have any calls we get to sleep like that's <laughs> something people can't fathom as long as the truck's clean right the truck's got to be clean you have to check your equipment in the morning you know uh you might have training you might have building inspections you might have um you know building familiarization with all the buildings going up so there's things that happen that the public doesn't see right you see when when you call us because you burnt your toast right <laughs> that's usually when you see the fire department usually not a good situation or you know just you know some some mess up that you had but uh yeah you know it's it's a big misconception that we, we're constantly fighting constantly. well, well uh, my point is though too where you have consolidated your full work week into pretty much two days right you have all these extra days to go do things. And what you were just saying about going to the school, which was probably on certain days, your schedule kind of rotates where eventually those school days are going to hit and right. go against your job. Right. <laughs> so the guys stepping up to the plate were kind of switching shifts with you a little bit yeah, to we make call sure them that you had covered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, in that aspect, I am lucky that my schedule was like that. If I had a full nine to five job, which we had people in class that were like that, but they called them career changers. I was a career <laughs> adder. I just like, was like, all right, I'm going to add another career onto this one I already have. Um, those people basically went to work and they, they busted their ass, man. They went to work during the day, came to school at night. We got out at 10 o'clock. You know, by the time most of them commuted pretty far. You know, they're getting home at 11, 11.30. Training. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I got them used to the actual kitchen. Kitchen, right. kitchen hours. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, like, we keep in relative touch with each other. I think there's maybe three of us that are still in the kitchen. That's exactly what I was going to ask next. So how many kids were in the class, or people were in the class when you started? I think we started with 13 or 14, so it wasn't a huge class. Yeah. But, you know, you could... You could see who was there for what reason, you know, yep. who wanted it because they wanted to be a celebrity chef, who wanted it because, you know, they were sick of their old job. And then, you know, there were people that I, I wanted to say, why are you even bothering, yeah. <laughs> like, staying for the rest of this course? Like, this is just I could tell you right now you're not going to be in a kitchen or yeah. in the food industry at all. Yeah. That's a good judge of character, though. Yeah, yeah, which I like to think I have. But yeah, no, I'm there with you. Uh, now, in doing these classes, day one, you go in. Like, you don't really have the culinary background professionally in this sense. Right. So you've probably been doing things and breaking rules the entire time throughout your cooking life, which you didn't I still even realize. Do. I still do. But <laughs> well, it's hard to break habits, isn't it? Right, yeah. It's, you know, you know, I was never classically trained. So it was cooking for myself and the guys in the firehouse and my wife and, and family. Was there one of these moments in that class, though, where, you know, maybe it was one day in the classroom setting here where you just had this profound moment where you're like shit i don't know shit i mean i don't i can't honestly pick a certain point but there were it wasn't even like um to me what i got most out of culinary school wasn't even like a recipe it wasn't like wow i finally made you know um ice cream you know we had ice cream that's like wow i finally made ice cream it was more or less like the process the mise en place which you hear probably a lot you know keeping your stations organized having an orderly you know structure with what you're going to do in the recipe rather than just like cooking off the top of your head and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It was like pretty orderly, you know, and I kind of thrive when, when somebody's like, look, this is how you're going to do it. I like to go against the grain, but if somebody knows a better way to do something, why should I go against their grain? You know, like it doesn't make any sense. So the culinary school thing kind of refined that part of my cooking. It's like picture, you, you, didn't, you didn't go to bartending school before you bartended, right? 
No, you did or you didn't? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I was going to say, I was like, no, you didn't. You went to Blackberry School. So, so he asked the question and already but, knew the answer. <laughs> but, like, just picture it like if you were just bartending and then all of a sudden you went to the bartending school, right? You're not necessarily going to get anything. You're not going to get your mind blown, but you might learn, like, you might learn some techniques some and foundations. Or something like that, depending on the school. And depending on what point you were at when you went to school. I mean, yeah, maybe that was a bad example. Bartending <laughs> <laughs> school. Rewind. Yeah, you know? That might not have been well, the best. I, It's a tough example because, correct, a lot of these bartending schools are super outdated, and they're not really – you learn fundamentals, like yeah. how to pour correct ounces or measurements. Yeah, or but that's what culinary school is at kind of the basics. You're learn, learning classic recipes that, that nobody's ever going to Unless you cook. work in a French restaurant, you're probably never going to use again. Even sure. in a French restaurant, you're probably still going to Yeah, probably, right. I mean, the only difference, though, too, is, like, you're not – in these, most of these bar schools that are kind of outdated, there's actually a few now that have kind of come together to put classes online that really go more so into depth about, you know, the science behind why things are done. Right. And, like, that has, I think, tremendous value oh, in learning sure. how to use the different spirits together. You know, most of these classes are just like, and, uh, and now you've made a sex on the beach. Yeah. Kid, go out there. You're <laughs> yeah. going to do great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we'll get you a job at the country club. Yeah, exactly. In a way, though, it kind of correlates, and I, I associate the, you know, the food industry or the kitchen particularly with the firehouse. Like, you go to the fire academy, right? I was a volunteer before I, I made the transition to, you know, career. And you, you still have to take classes. They give you the basics, right? Then you go to the fire academy, the career fire academy, and it's still the same thing. It's basic stuff. They're not teaching you everything you'll ever need to know. It's like, here's the foundation. What you do with it is kind of up to you and the guys you work with, right? So you might learn some basic stuff that has been in the books, so to speak, for 30, 40 years that they just never changed. It's just like, this is how we've always, you know, we've always, we're stubborn. Firemen are stubborn. Like, we don't want to change. Same thing culinary school that instructors taught that same recipe yep. 300 times never would change it doesn't want to change it exactly. doesn't care to change it so what you take from either the fire academy or culinary school and what you do with it is the important part you know in that aspect i think that's a good way to put it so in 2016 yeah. you go into the culinary school it lasts 14 months you said yeah i think it was 14 oh, two nice. nights a week that's a lot of time. And then from there, you came out. And what happened next? So while we were in school, you had to, you know, you have to do an externship. Basically a paid internship, right? You got um, paid? Yeah. Yeah. You? yeah. <laughs> you see Newman's face when he, when he hears that people get paid for that yeah. externship? I didn't you get know, paid. They, <laughs> so the instructors, they basically said, look, you're supposed to get paid. By law, you have to get paid, right? This is 2016? Uh, yeah. This is a... Maybe. Two years after I did it. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, by law, they have to pay you. Could you go stodge somewhere, you know, French laundry and do it for nothing for two years? Probably. But uh, they're like, you got to, you know, I got to get paid. So I, uh, I knew I wanted to work for April Bloomfield just because I, I liked her cooking and, and I kind of grew up with learning how, you know, learning how she cooks and whatever. So I picked a, a restaurant that she had opened called the John Dory which was a f seafood restaurant because it was basically the only one available. And I, I trailed there for one shift, and I'm like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to cook seafood all the time. So I called up our, our, I don't even know what they call her, guidance counselor. 
yeah, just, I don't know. It's not really my fit, I don't think. Um, she's like, well, you're in luck because April's also opening a whole animal butcher shop slash restaurant. I said, sign my ass up. <laughs> so I got lucky. They were literally open a month. So I was in the early stages. A lot of things that happened in the early stages of a restaurant, you know, were like menu planning, recipe testing. Um, April was there a lot, which you normally, from a big name chef, doesn't usually happen, right? They're, they come in, they say hi, and then they leave. So um, I did that as my externship. Um, they offered me a, a, a position for when I was done with school. So I ended up staying there for another two years. Um, and that's where I, you know, cut my teeth, so to speak, in, in the restaurant industry. That's an awesome way to keep busy also. I mean, you're, you've got your full-time job. Right. You're showing up, but you're still getting scheduled to actually work in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got lucky. I, I, I trailed at three or four places. And Where else did you trail? Um, the Nomad. I'm still part of, like, the 11 Madison Park family. Um, Marta which I loved. It was like the wood fire cooking and all that. Um, and the Dutch. Okay. And they're all well-respected places, you know, put out amazing food. But each one couldn't, they couldn't accommodate my work schedule, you know. Um, all the chefs were like, we love you. We love how you work. Unfortunately, we need a steady, you know, yeah, full-time X, commitment. X day yeah. to X day schedule. Like, okay, shit out of luck. Like, how'd you score these crazy places? Like, well, it's not easy to get into these spots, no? Well, for a trail, it is. For a trail. You're, you're basically working for nothing for yeah. a shift. You know? Anybody will let you do that. Yeah, and, you know, where, where you go from there, you know, it's usually up to the chef. And, fortunately, these guys didn't want to tailor this. And I get it. Like, I totally get it. I couldn't imagine running a, a restaurant, especially on those calibers, and it's like, well, I got this guy coming on, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this week, and then next yeah. week's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I, I understood it, but the chef at White Gold was like, yeah, yeah, I love you, the, so. Yes, chef, but I have a pension chef. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Honestly, like, I, I always reminded them, like, look, this isn't my job. Like, I do this because I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I'm not doing this just to get by. Like, I do this because I love it. So. I feel like that makes you more valuable, though. It does. It definitely and does. Looking at it from that lens where it's like, you don't really need it, but you want it. Right. I never asked, like, hey, what do you pay here? Like, it was never yeah. even a thought, honestly. It, it, I had to be worth my while because of the commute, but for the most part, it was like, can you work around my schedule? Yes. Okay, sign me yeah. up. I'm in. You know, and then, and then that's how I got lucky with, with White Gold. So then uh, how old now is Fire and Hose Co.? Fork and Hose Co.? You're, you're like the 400th fire. person. That I can't stop that. associating. The Usually fire. they don't. They leave the fork. Fork and hose company, but you know, yeah. CEO for short. Yeah. But people, it's constantly fork and hose, fork and hose, and I even do it now. I'm like so lazy. I thought about just taking the CEO part off, <laughs> just be like whatever. Um, I started that. I think it was back in like 2011, 2012, something like that. It was right before Instagram. So. <laughs> When is Instagram? Yeah, I think Instagram Sorry. was like 2011. Something like that. I think so. I feel like it's been around for so long. It's only. I don't really think so. It's like 10 years, I guess. Yeah. Never mind. It's, it's a long time. time. 21. Damn. I started it. It wasn't even Instagram or Facebook. It was a website, like the shittiest website you could imagine. Had all like the cheesy, like fire, like, you know, <laughs> logos, whatever. Like the old HTML codes, and you just keep, keep scrolling down. Yeah, oh my God, it was terrible. <laughs> And it was only a, like my own stuff. Like I'm like I'm gonna share my own recipes, yeah. and that, that was kind of 
where it started. Justin had one of those websites, too. He had the original Barstool Sports, apparently. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, we did. I invented Barstool Sports. Mike told me it would never take off. Really? The idea. So I stopped doing it, and then yep. Barstool Sports took off. Invented. Yeah. And now look at you. Look yep. at you. <laughs> so the piece of what you do with the Fork and Hose Co. Instagram account, Just say though, Fork too. and Hose, it's easier. No, you got it right now. <laughs> I got to make sure it's, I got to brand it now, right. right? It's the Fork and Hose Co., Fork and Hose Co., Fork and Hose Co. There you go. Instagram account. Uh, with that, though, you're kind of crowdsourcing a handful of these photos that are being, I guess, tagged or submitted to you from fire departments all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And guys so, are getting excited. Like, yeah. you gave them a way to get their food out there. It, it's a fun My, page to scroll through, especially when you're trying to figure out what you want to cook for dinner. I do it. <laughs> yeah. I do it. Like, if I'm cooking, especially for the firehouse, like, if I'm, like, in the supermarket, I'm like, what the hell am I going to exactly. make? Exactly. And the I best want something place. different. I go on my own page. It's kind of, like, vain, but <laughs> I do it. And... What separates my page from, and there's a ton of firehouse cooking pages out there, but early on, I realized I'm not the only one cooking in a firehouse. There's other guys, and it started off local, like a few guys around here that would be like, oh, look at this recipe I got. And then it grew and it grew, and when Instagram happened, that's when it exploded to literally a global community. Um, I always said, like, I'm always going to share other people's food too it's not going to be like what you know it's not going to only be what am i cooking um because my whole goal for it is literally just to inspire people to cook the firehouse culture is changing right it's like every other industry right or business or profession it changes over time and what we're seeing is like the traditions that have been around for centuries are kind of drifting away as we change as you know humans and the way we live our life, it's fast-paced now. It's no time. So what do you see? More takeout. You know, guys aren't cooking as much in the firehouse. It's easier. You know, there's a deli right next door. I'll just go get a sandwich. Like, why should I go break out the grill and cook something? So my thing is, like, kind of preserving my aspect of the firehouse culture is cooking. You know, it's the most important place in the, in the firehouse is the kitchen. The more you cook and eat together, the tighter the bond your crew is. It's like family meal in a kitchen. Of course. Right? Like, I remember... When we weren't sitting down and eating family meal together, it was, a, it was like a disconnect. And once the chef was like, nope, we're taking, even if it's 20 minutes, we're going to sit down, we're going to eat together. You can reconnect with everybody, you work better together. So the same thing in the firehouse. Like, that's literally the purpose of the page. It's not to do anything else except inspire people to cook, especially firefighters. How many, like, and the, the model of that Instagram account is... Very similar to what I do with Cocktail Garnish Co.'s Instagram. We don't actually produce any photos ourselves. It's all submitted from people using our Cocktail Garnishes. Right. And then we give them an outlet to be able to show off their drinks, their creativity, right. their photos that they've taken, and their recipes for some of these cocktails. Yeah. And we get those reposts, and we get messages all the time from people that are like, we've literally grown our Instagram account because you keep posting it's our organic. stuff. It's organic. Yeah. And it's cool. And it, it, totally, it is organic, and it spreads organically. And furthermore, being able to do something like that where you get to shed the light back on somebody else is awesome. I've had, I get DMs a lot, you know, thank you so much, you know. I've had people, like, repost it, and they're like, I made it. Made it onto Fork and Hose Company. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, like it's it's not that big of a deal, you know? But to them to, it is. To them it is. And yeah. I think that's like badass. Like <laughs> never intended it to be that way, but 
that's kind of there'll be a time where like you know mike does cooking the night before and then he gets on and when he walks into the next shift in the morning all the guys are just slow yeah it's 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 pretty crazy really to, to think about why i started in the beginning and how it's grown and you know i got a lot of like regulars if you want to call them where it's like i can't even share all their stuff because it's like People want to see other things, yeah. but they're doing amazing food. It's, it's, everybody thinks chili, steak, and potatoes. Like, that's all stupid farmers know how to cook. <laughs> but what you, when you look at my page, that's not, got, that's not all there is. It's regional, too. Yeah. I got guys in Hawaii sending me, you know, they're making hand rolling sushi. I've got, <laughs> you know, New Albuquerque, they're sending me like, you know, fresh roasted hatch chilies and like, it, it, it's it's really a way to showcase you know the cuisine of the firehouse. Well, some some of the kitchens in the firehouses too are like nice built out. Yeah, dude, they're some like rival like some professional kitchens. kitchens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're we're renovating our our firehouse is literally getting renovated as we speak. Nice. So my kitchen right now is a grill, you know, with a side burner. And that's that's it. But we're making do. Did you put? Some things into the budget lines to make sure that kitchen gets built out. Um, you gonna well, put a rationale if they in the included me in that process, <laughs> I would have, but they didn't. So maybe we should steer away from that. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit. Don't about Don't ask the guy that cooks every shift <laughs> yeah. what he thinks. Tell me what's what are the three most produced things that you create in the kitchen? Pasta. I should just. I didn't want to assume though. Uh, <laughs> interestingly enough though i i um we'll just put it put it politely i was moved from one crew to another um and one of the guys doesn't eat pasta so it was like (laughs) like that was like my go-to if i needed something to pinch like it's so easy to throw a quick you know spaghetti marinara like wait can i ask why doesn't he eat pasta i don't even want to say why okay I, i i think no it's not even an allergy he just doesn't like it Oh, whatever. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. Okay. You have even put, even put in a s- submission ticket to a new <laughs> right. group there? Or yeah, what? yeah. So, uh, but besides that, I'm, I'm, this I'm, is in Harrison, no less. Somebody yeah. doesn't need pasta. Yeah, you know? and he's Italian. But I love him. Frank, I love you. Sorry. I just got to throw you under the bus a little bit. Uh, so pastas, for me, it's easy. There's almost always something that you could throw in it, for and sure. it's going to be good. I actually like cooking tacos because... Same thing, like easy team meal. Yeah, and firehouse cooking is like budget cooking. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky, guys. Trust me. Like I'm not putting truffles on anything. <laughs> but if I did, they wouldn't be mad at me for a long time. It'd be yeah. like, what do you mean twenty dollars for lunch? <laughs> like that's crazy. Um, so usually like pasta, tacos, and then anything that could get, especially in the the colder months, anything that could get like thrown in the oven and like left in there or a crock pot is usually a good move, like stews, soups, um, as long as it's hearty enough, you know, salads don't make the cut <laughs> at all. Um, maybe a little side salad for me, but, yeah. but that's, that's basically my go-tos for the firehouse. Tell me a little bit about TV. I don't watch food. much of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit. Unless it's uh, food, food or Ted Lasso, we just started watching well, that. Well, how, how do you get connected into doing Food Network? Like, uh, how'd you, uh, how'd you get into that? How'd you, I, I, how'd you even come out unscathed? Like, ironically enough, it's my page. Um, I, I don't know for sure. My, my, you know, theory is they 
Google or, or they search the hashtag firehouse cooking maybe. I, I don't know. Um, they reached out to me. I think it was via email. And I thought it was a scam. I literally said to my <laughs> wife, I was like, I think, uh, I think they're trying to like scam me out of something. You weren't wrong to think that, right? Right, right, exactly. And she's like, well, let me see the email. And I show her it. Because it doesn't say like, hey, this is Guy Fieri. Like, <laughs> I want you to cook on my show. It was like some random casting agent. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Should I answer it? She's like, yeah, you should answer it. What's the word? They're not asking for your social security number, right? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I responded and that was it. You know, like, and f- typical food show fashion, like, it was like, oh, and by the way, like, this is getting filmed in two weeks, you know? Which, you know, now I had to figure out work schedule and yeah. all that. Uh, but that's kind of how that happened. A couple guys stepped up to the plate and took yeah. your shift so you could go <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah, and, you know, you can't, you're not supposed to say what you're doing. So yeah. it was kind of like, hush, hush, like, don't say nothing. And I was, I think, two weeks into culinary school. So that was another thing. So now I'm like, okay, chef. Uh, <laughs> I know I just started, show. but I'm going to be off for that week because, you know, this is what's happened. Your, your culinary school comrades must have been super tight when that episode came out. And they're like, this fucking guy's still in school. What do you mean? Like, how are you competing? I actually, so we did like a viewing party at the firehouse. And I, because I, I was pretty tight with, and I still am with, with a couple of people from school. And, and I had them come to the firehouse. That's I nice. love that. So, yeah. uh, what'd you wind up making? What, like, what happened? On the Break show? Down the episode. I haven't seen it. It was so, grocery uh, right? Yeah, grocery games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, there was three rounds. Mm-hmm. I remember two. I'm, like, drawing a blank on the third. But one of them um, was a... It was a challenge. Basically, you could cook whatever you want, but there was a weight challenge. So, it was like, you can't cook anything, and it was a certain amount of... Um, uh, which we call it weight that you couldn't go over with your cart. Actually, now I think I remember the third. And I, I ended up making a burger, but I used portobellos as the buns instead of buying in a whole package of buns. I cut down the weight. Um, Clever. So, yeah. yeah. And for some reason, they loved it. Oh, I had to use uh, liquid smoke, which I never, I don't think I ever used before. So I made like a, an aioli kind of thing with that. Um, and then I used. Uh, for the next challenge, the one that I won with was like a Mexican fiesta. And, you know, my typical like culinary school, like asshole attitude. I was like, I'm going to do a deconstructed Mexican <laughs> fiesta. So I like deconstructed what you would normally find. You know, I did like a tequila marinated skirt steak, uh, like a corn salad, if I remember correct. And I deconstructed it and put it on fancy slate plates and whatever. It won me 20 grand. So. There you go. Yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. So when these opportunities kind of come to, and we've seen it a lot with people that we've talked to, where they show up, they hit the grocery games, they hit wherever it is, and all of a sudden it kind of just opens up a whole bunch of more doors. Like, does anybody reach out to you after this? And I ended up going back on there once more after that. I lost. It was like the tournament of, you know, champions. champions. Um, I ended up losing because I was actually going up against, like, chefs, not, you know, firemen, uh, firefighters. And uh, I almost made it on Chopped. They used me as a, like a stand-in kind of thing, so they paid okay. me to sit in a room for cool. six hours or whatever yeah. it was. I would collect um, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been on a couple other like, firehouse cooking shows, um, but nothing major. It's not like you know, I'm not going to have my own show, and I don't want it. Like, honestly, like, 
people assume like if you're on that kind of show that like you want to be like a celebrity chef yeah. kind of thing and it's it's not the case like it was fun i'm glad i did it i would do it again if they called me um but uh yeah it's you know it's it's more like the networking and you're in like that system now um so i got called last week for another show but it was, they're looking for amateur cooks and i'm like well i went to culinary school i've worked <laughs> in professional kitchens i don't know if that's the right if I fit. fit the bill. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. When I was younger, during the summers, like, we belonged in a bowling league. Like, I was in one, right? Yeah. Belonged in a bowling league. But I kind of lied about my age to get on the lower bracket, right. <laughs> you know, with my little brother, and we wound up being on a team. So you're saying we I should have lied? Yeah, we, we did a little winning over there we in that won. bowling league. Like, uh, like in, in bench warmers, yeah, I am 12. Yeah. <laughs> I have never attended culinary school or worked in a kitchen. So I, I, it's nice to have these doors now open up. It's nice that you're able to answer some of these calls. It's nice that you're in some Rolodex where it's like, yeah. yo, give AJ, yo, give AJ a call. He's going to be great over here. You yeah. know, like... Letting that kind of take to the next level and learn some things, but still, like, heart and soul, I'm fucking fireman. What yeah. do you want? Like, I, I, my pension's here. I'm not flaming down in the kitchen until 2 a.m. every night. It's not happening. I'm, I'm blessed, so man. Right <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, listen, at the end of the day, I'm lucky. I'm blessed more so than most people that I still have two jobs that I love, number one. One puts the bread on the table, and then one I could do... I don't want to say for fun because it makes it sound like a hobby. Um, and I treat every kitchen job that I've ever had as like a career, so to speak. You know, like I put 100% effort into it, whether I'm there for two hours or, or an eight hour or 10 hour shift and it's two days a week or four days a week, whatever it is. Like I'm always, and I think I'm like that pretty much with any, anything I do. Like, you know, why do something if you're not going to go full steam ahead um, and be, try to be the best that you can at it? Find AJ Fusco on Instagram at Fork and Hose. Or maybe get lucky and find a Fork and Hose pop-up at Smokehouse in the coming months. Who knows? This has been another episode of On the Record by Waiting on Fries.